I get into the uh, ministry of, of God's Word, we always enjoy it when people are going on mission and involved in different things, uh, being sent from the church. We have a number of things coming up this year. But Colleen is, is here this morning and she flies out to Albania today, tonight. And uh, so I just wondered if uh, we would stand to our feet and a few people that are around Colleen uh, in a moment, whether you just go and pray with her. We pray the blessing of God upon her. She's going to work with uh, Light Force International, George Ridley, who's been a guest here. And uh, she's going to be involved. She was there last year and uh, she was so good. They invited her back again. And uh, Colleen, she may look this very nice, and she is this very nice, sweet lady. Uh, I always get my words wrong, don't I? And then I find myself in trouble. But, uh, you know, there's a real adventurous heart there, particularly in the area of missions, and uh, a real desire to to please God and to serve other people. And uh, she goes with our blessing. She's from us. Uh, We send her out, and we just want to pray the blessing of God on her. You're there for a week and a half. So not too long, not like the Christmas trip where she was away forever, it felt like. So I wonder if we'd stand to our feet and just a few people would gather around. And I'm going to lead in prayer uh, that God would bless her. Don't be shy, just a few people, just to go and pray and uh, lay your hands upon her. And I wonder if we could all pray. Father, we thank you that um, it's, it's, it's not just about ourselves. We've got to get that more and more in our hearts. It's about serving other people. And I thank you for Colleen and a a desire to please you in all things, and also her desire to serve others. And I pray, Lord, that you'd grant her great traveling mercies as she travels there. She'd just be very, very safe and kept safe going while she's there and coming back. We know, Lord, we don't have to pray this, we know she will be a huge blessing to all the people that are there, all the staff, all the children, all the leaders there. But also, Lord, we just pray that she would receive something while she's out there that would just be fantastic. Just bless her now, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please take your seats. Terrific. Are you all in good heart? We can do better than that. Are we all in good heart? Yeah, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do much better if we just liven ourselves up a little bit and, and uh, that, that will help us. Uh, just to say, Phil and Sharon are um, away in the region. They're ministering in, a, in another church. They'll be there tonight at Mansfield. But I'm sure Phil will be preaching God's word and, uh, and it will prove to be very fruitful. We're uh, just beginning our, our series that is going to take us up to the start of the summer holidays. And uh, just on the screens in a moment, there'll be a word called defeating that will be coming up on the screens. I just want to, in a moment, give you some understand, excuse me, understanding of why we've used that word. Uh, but this series really has come about as I've, I've really been impacted by the fact that Christians, and this isn't just over the last few weeks I've been thinking about this, this has been over many months, dare I say, even possibly a few years, that I've been impacted by the fact that people and Christians of all shapes, sizes, ages, backgrounds, are battling. And what we are, we're battling with a variety of Issues. Everybody say, issues. 
I'm not about to do a Jeremy Kyle on you this morning, all right, and start getting the microphone round and start talking about issues. But the reality is there are many issues that all of us face. So I'm not here at the front demeaning your issues or making light of your issues. We all have issues. We all have sins. We all have sins. We all have issues. But it's what we do with those issues. Let me just make a statement because you may be saying, well, what kind of issues are you talking about? Well, let's look at some, shall we, in the Bible. Let's look at Galatians in chapter 5. I wonder if you have a Bible, whether you turn with me. If you've not brought your Bible, don't worry because I will read it out. In Galatians 5 and chapter 19, I get the feeling that Paul is really, really getting a bit frustrated with the church here because of his opening line in verse 19. Because he says this, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Have you ever had to deal with somebody and you've seen it, they haven't seen it, it's like you're stating the obvious. And it was like Paul was saying, church... The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. But then he goes on to say what they are. And they were things like sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, Orgies, and then I love these three words, and the like. It's almost as if, I haven't got it there, I'm going to put that in, and the like, and everything else. And everything else. And you may say, well, Christian, we're not living with orgies. There wasn't an orgy going on last night. I wasn't bowing down to Satan last night of witchcraft. No, I, 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 I get that. But the reality is there were things that were going on in the church that Paul had to address. And obviously these issues were going on in the church. That is why he had to address them. Now your issue may not be those things. Your issues may be some other things. And so what I want to do is give us a little bit of heads up, a bit of understanding of where we're going to be going over the next few weeks. Because I think we can all establish that there are issues in our lives. And these issues will bring us to a place if we do not deal with them. And these issues will bring us to a place called prison. I'm not talking about a prison that is uh, physical, as in with bars and etc. And there may be people here who have experienced, unfortunately, prison. And we have a number of people in the life of our church who've been dramatically recovered and redeemed and they've spent life in prison and they've come out. And you know, you're dead welcome here. I love you all. I think you're brilliant. And I love the fact, actually, about Arena Church, you can be sat next to somebody a prison bird, and then you can be sat next to somebody who's just lived such a holy, sweet life. It's wonderful. And I just love that whole thought of just that mixture. It's great. I love it. Um, 
If you're thinking that I'm the person who's been in prison, I'm going to keep you guessing, okay? But the reality is, if we do not deal with our issues, and everybody say with me, it's very important to say, issues. If we do not deal with our issues, then we will be in a prison. And that prison will bring restriction, it will bind us, it will limit us, it will put a lid upon how far we can go, and we need to deal with our issues. Now, we often, in church life, focus on this list that we've just read, and immediately you're going to think, I'm going to go to the sexual immorality, or I'm going to What's the other one? Impurity. That'll be a good one. Actually, the issues that I want to address are packaged in colours. That is why we've used this 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 phrase, uh, this this thought of defeating. If I was going to say I'm talking about the blues, I'm not talking about the music, the blues. I'm talking about the blues. What would I be using as uh, what what kind of language would I be saying? The blues. It is renowned for being what? A bit depressed. Shut up, you. Don't you start on me. A bit depressed. If I was going to say you were something with rage, you were red with rage. What we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks is we're going to be looking at some colours. We're going to endeavour to defeat the reds, which is anger. I'm not going to ask you to respond to this, but I wonder if any of you have got anger issues. I can be very angry. I can get very angry very quickly. I'm like a volcano. I erupt and then I just calm down straight away after. Caroline's the complete opposite. And if I did not handle, and I have not got to grips, it was interesting, my daughter came in and Dave was trying to wind her up and we were talking about getting, I said, do not leave that around or you'll have the wrath of of, of the father. And and then he pipes, I bet you've seen that quite a bit. She says, no, I've seen it on occasions. He was trying to wind up that it was all the time. No, it's not all the time. It's just... But the reality is, if I didn't get hold of my issue, I'm being vulnerable with you. There's a prone, there's a bias in my life to getting very angry about all kinds of things. And some of you are there. Don't all look all saintly at me like Mother Teresa. Please. Because we all have issues. So we're going to endeavour, by God's grace, to look at what the Bible says about defeating anger. We're going to defeat the yellows. The yellows are fear. Some of you battle with fears and phobias massively. And by God's grace, we're going to look at defeating the fears. We're going to defeat the greens. If you are what with envy, you are green with envy. I've always been amazed by how much envy there is around the church and around the neighborhood. When somebody gets a new car, through gritted teeth we say, that's a nice car. (laughs) Oh, you've come back on holiday. Oh, you look really brown. (laughs) Mr. Mangan, you look really brown. He's just been in Portugal. We need to pray for his son, by the way, Samson, who's not well. Lord Jesus, bless Samson. Touch him now, we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. People get envious 
So we're going to defeat the yellows, we're going to defeat the reds, we're going to defeat the greens. We're going to look at the whole issue of depression. If you suffer with depression and you don't think, oh, I'm going to skip that morning, we're not going to say depression is a bad thing. We're going to try and help you. There's many characters in the Bible who suffered with depression. Many, many characters who had real issues with depression. And we want to help you with some of that. And then the big one that we're going to go for, and we're really going to put our size 11s through this. We're going to defeat beige. You might like beige in your house. I like beige in my house. Well, Caroline does. She picks the color schemes. But beige is mediocrity. Who wants to live medium and mediocrity and average? But the reality is we all say, oh, no, I don't. But we all do. So we're going to look at defeating some of these issues. I'm not going after sexual immorality. I actually think if we deal with some of these mass issues, then some of the other issues don't become as great. The church has been brilliant at pointing finger on things like sexual immorality. And please don't, if you're a guest here, don't misunderstand me. I'm not encouraging you to all be immoral in sexual areas. Not at all. But we've been too quick to point fingers in those areas, but we've not handled the explosion. Or we've not handled the envy. Or we've not handled the fears. And we need to be people that defeat these things. You may say, well, Christian, I have tried to defeat these things. But all I've done is is decided to limit them. So Paul's here today and he says, you know, I've got this real issue with this particular anger that I've got. And so all I do is, I just, I just limit it. Now that is not the case, I can't imagine Paul actually being angry. I don't know, Kev, Helen, whether you can help me here, but I can't imagine that the case. But, you know, so I'm just going cont- I'm, I'm to limit it. We're not talking about limiting it. We're talking about defeating it, amen? By God's grace, defeating the issues. Can we overcome these areas? I want to say there is a resounding yes that God wants to help us in defeating the issues, the sins, the trouble of our lives. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians in 2 verse 14. It says this, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. The language is very, very interesting, triumphal procession. He leads us in triumphal procession. And if you understand the context of what Paul is speaking into, obviously there was Roman rule at the time. And what used to happen is the Roman, Romans soldiers would go out to battle, and as they came back, they would come back in procession, triumphal procession, carrying the bounty and the plunder. And they would carry this through the, the city, and people would look on at the bounty from the Romans' exploits. So you get the context that we are the plunder of God. Jesus carries us through the crowds as a triumphal procession. He is so pleased about you and I. He sent his one and only son Jesus to die for the world. And he is drawing men and women to himself. And the purpose of the cross was not just to save, but was to redeem. It was not just to redeem, but it was to restore. What was it else to do? It was to break off the chains that would limit and restrict our lives. The Bible is, from Genesis to Revelation, reveals God's plan of redemption for the world. It is possible to deal with our issues God is all victorious. I want to 
I thought I'd get a good response there, but I think you've all fallen to sleep now. So I'll say it again. God is all victorious. He really is. Over every demon. Over every vice. I'm not talking about Miami vice this morning. Although we've had plenty of that this morning with these. I was going to use a not very nice word then. But come up here, Chris. Just stand up here. Just come up here, mate. Stand up on here. I mean, I think he thinks he's Don Johnson. Don't you think? He's just... Shoes. All he needs is the jacket rolled up and the tan. Go on, clear off now. Go on. Miami Vice. See, I'm green with envy of, uh, with this tan that he's got. Fantastic. But vices that we have in our, in our lives. God is all victorious over mindsets, heart attitudes. He really is. God is wanting and has the power to break these chains that are over our lives. We have to believe that. We have to trust God's ability to do that. You must understand that the evil one is the feeder of your flesh. He will use every means possible to keep you defeated. He'll use every word, every tactic, every image, every kind of thought around your life. He'll use every past experience to just try and limit you. He'll use every accusing word Anything that he can to keep you bound in your, in your past. Without divulging too much of a confidence, I was dealing with a young guy um, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I was intrigued by this man's life because from a very early age, he'd found himself in care and all, all around the system and, and just in prison and and he just made a statement to me. He just said, I really am trying to just get my life back on track and I'm sorting myself out and da 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 telling, telling me a number of things. And I came away from this conversation with this young guy, greatly encouraged, and yet at the same time incredibly disheartened. Because I felt that I was only able to say enough because then there was shutdown. I could feel there was a shutdown beginning to happen as I began to talk to him about my faith journey. But I was very impressed, and I said to Caroline, I was impressed by his discipline and, and his endeavor to just sort himself out and get himself. But he kept using this word trying. And I said to Caroline, the most frustrating thing for me is what he needs is Jesus. What he needs is Jesus. You see, Jesus begins to break the chains of our hearts. I'm not against, and there's a number of counselors here, and my friends are, are counselors. I'm not against that, I'm actually for that. But it's Jesus what people need. Can, you, can I hear an amen here? It's Jesus. People need Jesus. We can do all that we can, endeavor, discipline, tactics, strategies. But without Jesus, it all becomes incredibly difficult. And Jesus came to break the chains from our lives so we can de- defeat the colors of our lives. I love what Billy Graham said. He said this, the strength for our conquering and our victory is drawn continually from Christ. The Bible does not teach that sin is completely eradicated from the Christian in this life. But it does teach that sin shall no longer reign over you. The strength and power of sin have been broken. The Christian now has resources available to live above and beyond this world. The Bible teaches that whoever is born of God does not practice sin. But it's like the little girl who said that when the devil came knocking 
on her door with a temptation, she just sent Jesus to the door. I really love that thought. She sent Jesus to the door. And the reality is, all the issues of our lives, we cannot handle ourselves. We so desperately need Jesus. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, I'm going to give the clearest indication, the clearest invitation that you're probably going to hear about you receiving Jesus into your life. To ask him into your life and into your issues. Jesus is not just there for God. He actually relishes and works wonders in those who are bad. In those who are bad. And he works through his victory. And he works through his wonders in our lives. So God is wanting us to live victorious. Well, that's great, Christian. But where are you going with this ministry? Well, if you just give me a few more minutes. It's no good me saying that he wants you to be free. He wants us to live victorious. If I don't give you some, a little bit of understanding how we can actually do this. And I want to do it not from Christian Thorpe school of thinking. I want to do it from what the Bible has to say. So if you've got a Bible, just in these last few minutes, we're going to look at Colossians and chapter 2. And again, we're going to read from Paul's writings to the church. And before I get to four areas that I believe will be very helpful with us, and if you've got a notepad and pen, I'd encourage you to take notes. Before we get there, I just want to again read the words of Paul, which again announces the victory of Christ. He says in Colossians 2 verse 13, When you were dead in your sins, everybody say, dead in your sins. That's not good enough. When you were dead in your sins, Greta, and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave you your sins. Having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was, stood against, that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. There was victory in all that Christ accomplished at Calvary. The written code, the sins, the iniquities that were nailed to that cross had your name on them. And because of that, there was triumphing in the cross. That's still great, Christian, but you're not telling me what I need to do. Well, let me give you four things. Let's read now. Go back from Colossians 13 now to verse 6 of the same chapter. And Paul says this to the church, so then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Let me give you four things from here that I believe will be so helpful in defeating. First of all, I've already alluded to it, but Paul writes this, since then, just, you, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. Point number one, receive Christ as Lord. If you want to defeat the issues of your life, receive Christ as Lord. 
He's here today. He's standing at the, at the door of your heart. You, he really is knocking. He really is drawing you. He really is speaking to you. Some of you are here now and you're wondering what's going on. But God is speaking to you. He wants you to receive him as Lord. What does it mean to receive him as Lord? It just basically means that you put your trust in Jesus Christ. You put your trust in him. This is not a mechanical step-by-step how to do it. But there are some things that Paul is just sharing with us that are so helpful if we want to defeat the issues of our lives. The second thing is, he then goes on to say, continue to live in him. So not only receive him, but some people receive Jesus like they receive the Bible. Some people buy a new Bible and it's all shiny and all lovely and they receive it and then they just put it on a shelf somewhere and never pick it up again. Some people receive Jesus like that. They receive him into the life and they get all emotional in the service and they recognize that they're a sinner and they recognize they need Jesus. But then they walk out on Monday and they just live their lives like any other day. No, Paul was saying, no, don't just receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Continue to live in him. One version puts it this way. Walk in Christ. Walk daily in relationship with Jesus Christ. I was saying in the nine o'clock service just um, that, that a revelation had come to me. A, a real revelation uh, over the last few months. That I was going to God with very nice prayers. Some of you are very nice people, I can see that. They say very nice words, and so you come before God with very nice prayers. Oh, Father, oh God, you are so wonderful and so awesome and so this, that and the other. But I was encouraged by some, a book that I'd been reading, actually, that isn't prayer, necessarily. But actually, prayer is a communication with God. So if you've got some issues with God, tell him. So I started this journey a few months ago, and I started telling God how ticked off I was about situations. You're all looking at me all blank now as though, I want to tell you, I get seriously ticked off about some issues. So I started saying to God, God, this seems so unfair. Why is this happening over here to these people? They don't deserve it. They they don't deserve it. I mean, look here, God, come on. Come on, get a grip, God. I tell you what, my prayer life has been revolutionized. I feel like God is speaking to me and helping me. I feel like I'm getting a closer union with him like I've never known before. Because I'm now walking in relationship with him daily. I'm not just bringing him all my joys and, oh, isn't life wonderful, Rob? Oh, hallelujah, brother. But I will start telling him how frustrated, how, how difficult, uh, the things I was, I was finding difficult, the things I was frustrated with. You see, God wants us to not just know him as in the name. He wants us to live in in him. He wants us to use this book, not just as a bookend for a group of other books, but for us to begin to open up the, the, the pages of this book and allow God to speak with us. God wants us to walk in daily relationship with him. What else does Paul talk about? Well, there's some very helpful things because then he uses some gardening and construction language because he says about being rooted and built up in him. The third thing I want to say is do the groundwork. Dig the foundations. Being rooted and built up in him. 
We need to be people that are not just disciple in name, but are disciple in nature. And let me be absolutely clear with you this morning. If you've done a digging deep to build, build tall course here, and you now think you've done six weeks and you're a disciple, you're dreaming. If you've done an alpha course, and that's all great, and you think that's it, you're dreaming. If you think you've done a made a new course, or whatever course you may have run on, and you're now a disciple, you're dreaming. Discipleship is a lifetime journey. I gave my life to Christ at the age of 11. I'm now uh, 39. So for the last 28 years, I'm on a discipleship journey. I said earlier that some of you younger people may think you've got everything sorted and everything sorted out and you know everything about everything. I used to think that as well. And now at 39, I'm actually realizing the little that I do know with regards to God. Because here I am on a journey expressing my heart of frustration to God and that's only come in the last few months. Discipleship is a journey. We must do the groundwork and dig the foundations and lastly, we need to be people that overflow with gratitude, appreciation and thankfulness. Let me read it again. So then, just as you received Christ, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. I tell you, one of the things that we need to be continually in Arena Church, I believe we're getting there, and as a company of people who profess to be Christians, we need to be incredibly thankful and stop moaning and complaining about everything and everyone and just recognize that we have so much. We are so blessed and we need to overflow with gratitude and appreciation and thankfulness to God. There's something that happens as we begin to do that that defeats all the issues of our lives. It really does. We're going to go on this series and we're going to believe by God's grace we're going to be helped. But God is wanting us to live in victory and he's wanting to defeat the issues of our lives. I wonder if the guys, the, the musicians, we're going to finish, close with a, with a song. I wonder if you just quietly play, quietly be in the operative word, guys, in the, back, in the background. I wonder if 